You're listening to our weekly podcast, Getting in the Word with Stuart Guthrie. Stuart is the teaching pastor of Family Bible Fellowship of Ridgeville in Early Branch, South Carolina. We hope to grow together with you, seeking real knowledge from the truth, the Word of God. Here's Stuart. Today, as we look at Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 11, a little different approach than follow me and I will make you fishers of men, but essentially the same idea. I don't want to assume that any one of you are or are not fishers of men, but I would like to encourage you in this manner. Number one, I want to encourage those who are to continue the journey of being fishers of men. I also want to remind each one of us, including myself, the importance of being fishers of men. And thirdly, I want to encourage any who are not fishers of men to get on board and begin becoming fishers of men. Let's pray. We thank you this morning, Lord, for the privilege of your word, the power of its transformation. May you guide and direct us today as we look into the life of Christ and the impact he has made on this world, including us. Help us to walk by faith and to be faithful followers of Christ, for your glory. We ask these things in the mighty and the precious name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. I know that the title can kind of be evangelically corny. The reality is, though, most of us enjoy fishing. Catching. Don and I had a privilege of catching this year. But that isn't always true. Not everybody likes fishing. Not everyone enjoys the adventure and going out and spending time trying to cast their fishing poles or their fishing nets to catch something they can carry home and place on the table. But here's the reality. When we look at Luke chapter 5, 1 to 11, in the broader context, our passage really is not about catching fish, but rather catching men. And so that's why I entitled it let us be fishers of men. Now I want to ask you a haunting question. One that I believe may chill many of us to the bones, and that is, when is the last time you have been fishing? More importantly, when is the last time you have been fishing for the souls of mankind? 
This morning, Luke 5 is going to show us three things that I believe are foundational to being effective followers of Christ. I say followers rather than fishermen because here's the deal. If you are not fishing, you are not following. If you are not fishing, you are not following. Let's turn to Luke chapter 5 and read the first 11 verses together. Turn with me in your Bibles. I don't have the slides for you this morning, but I want to emphasize the importance of having the Word of God to read. Shall we read together? Now, it happened that while the crowd was pressing around him and listening to the Word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gehenesar. And he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake, but the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little way from the land. And he sat down and began teaching the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your net for a catch. Simon answered and said, Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing, but I will do as you say and let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish and their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat for, for them to come and help. And they came and they filled the boat, boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw that, he fell down at Jesus' feet saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For amazement have seized him and all of his companions because the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were also James and John, son of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not fear. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to the land, they left everything and followed Him. Let us... Be fishers of men, followers of Christ. The first thing that I want us to see in being effective followers of Christ is first to realize, number one, that we must hear the Word of God. Number two, we must heed the Word of God. And thirdly, we must honor the Word of God. Let's take a moment and explain each one of these. Let's begin by looking at number one, we must hear the Word of God. He says on one occasion, while the crowds were pressing in on to hear the Word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gehenesar, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them, and they were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. 
If we are going to be followers of Christ, if we are going to be fishers of men, we must first be those who are willing to hear the Word of God. Now, I know I'm kind of preaching to the choir this morning because you're here to hear the Word of God. But Sunday is only but an hour of your week. Jesus is standing there on the shore by the lake of Gehenesart, also known as the Sea of Galilee. Uh, we know that in John chapter 6, it's also called the Sea of Tiberias, and in chapter 21, He calls it that as well. But nevertheless, it's the Sea of Galilee. And I've been there and I've stood on the shores as I can see across that vast body of water and off in the distance you can see the other side of the lake way, way across. And Jesus is standing there on that shore side. And they are pressing Him against the water and they're crowding Him so that they can hear the Word if we don't get anything out of this, we all should be reminded that we should desire to hear the Word of God. Do we press in on Christ to hear the Word of God? Do we live a life that seeks to dive into the Word of God on a daily basis for the feeding of our soul? It's only a question you can answer. Are you drawing from the living well, the Word of God, the living and active Word? Because if we are going to be followers of Christ, my friends, if we are going to be fishers of men, it begins by hearing the Word of God, being a student of the Scriptures. Allowing the Spirit of God, through the Word of God, through the working of the Spirit of God and the will of God, that we began to be faithful followers of Christ. They needed to hear from Christ. They desired to hear from Christ. And we do too. We should. We've been given the full counsel of God's Word. They hear from Jesus. I mean, if you look at the context of chapter 5, previously in chapter 4, man, there is a yearning for Christ. There's a lot of people who are following Jesus and they've pinned Him up against the shoreline. And off in the distance, He sees these two boats parked on the shore. But the fishermen were not in the boats, yet they were on the hill cleaning their nets. And I, I love the text because it says that Jesus just got into one of the boats. Now, in America, you don't do stuff like that. Now, I don't know about back then, but I'm certain that it was still a bit awkward. He gets into the boat without permission. And he asked the owner who's up on the hill working and cleaning his nets to press him out a bit. 
And interestingly, Peter's there cleaning his nets. He's listening. He has to be intrigued with the crowds of people pressing around this man on the shoreline. I mean, how does one find such a following? Well, chapter 4 reveals to us that he has just rebuked the fever of this woman. And immediately she got up and served him, waited on him. And it says in chapter 4, verse 40, while the sun was... Uh, Still setting all those who were sick with various diseases brought them to Him and He was laying hands on them. He was healing them and the demons were coming out shouting, saying, You are the Son of God. And when He comes, He he says to them, "I, I must keep preaching the kingdom of God. So yeah, I can see the desire to follow this man. Many followed because they wanted to get something from Christ, not because of He was Messiah. But nevertheless, there was a hunger to hear. And I believe that we can learn from that. And the text says He sat down and taught the people from the boat. If we are going to be fishers of men, it begins by hearing the Word of God. Not to substitute it with something else more palatable. Are we okay with just the Scriptures? I'm reading a book by Paul Washer. And the first judgment he believes God is having is because the church does not believe in the sufficiency of Scripture. Are we okay with just the Word of God? Just preaching the text of Scripture? Or do we want to be entertained by something other than that? And so we, 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 we strive to jump through this hoop or that hoop so that we can draw the people in. Rather, what I think we need to be reminded of is that the Word of God is absolutely sufficient. Salvation comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. Not my stories, not my illustrations. No, the Word of God. Do they help communicate the Word of God? Yes, but we are living in a day when the Word of God is being shut up in the church and stories and testimony and all of these other things are filling the pulpits and we wonder why there is a moral decline because the Scriptures are not being proclaimed. And we have no desire to hear the Word of God. Are we okay with the Word? Peter's a fisherman. But at this point, he is not a fisher of men. He's not a follower of Christ. Only a fisherman catching fish. And if Peter is going to be transformed... If he is going to transition from a fisherman to a fisher of men, he is going to need to hear the Word of God. 
he is going to need to preach the kingdom of God. And if there is going to be a simple change in the life of this man, it's going to start by hearing what Jesus has to say. And you and I, in all of God's glory, has been revealed to us through His Word, for which it says He has given to us everything pertaining to life and to godliness here. We need to make sure that deep down inside we're okay with just this. The living Word of God. I would rather have a bad preacher who is a poor communicator that's willing to stand up and to open the text of God's Word and preach a message that is filled with the Word of God than have a great communicator who's able to entertain the masses and draw the crowds and yet fails to emphasize the necessity and sufficiency of God's Word. So all of those who are just simply looking for the best preacher in the world, listen, find a faithful preacher who is willing at least to open the Word of God and feed your soul. You will be changed if you do. Because it is the Word of God that changes hearts. It's the Word of God that changes souls to life. God is going to transform you and me into more than just a fisherman. It will be with the same. Our desire, yearning, a passion to hear the Word of God. He says, when you seek me, you will find me when you seek with me with all of your heart. And listen, I'm, I'm but a mere man, human, just like you. And I find myself in a struggle with the things of this world that distract my mind. It's so filled with the, the financial needs and the stress of ministry and the problems of the people. And yet, I have to exterminate those things in order that my mind can focus in on the Word of God. Because if we are not careful, this will set on the backseat of the car. And the only time you will be fed is Sunday morning and you will be malnourished and your soul will be dry and your life will be weary and the weight of the world will drive you to take your very own life. As I drive down the road, I thought to myself, with all of the world's pressures, I can understand how a man could take his own life if he had not Christ. If he had not Christ. We have to understand that the Word of God is sufficient. You want joy in your life? Read the Word of God. You want satisfaction in your life in what you do for a living? Read the Word of God. Be a student of the Word of God. And allow the Spirit of God through the Word of God to heal your soul. Because the world I live in wants me to focus on everything else. For which... It may bring joy for a season, but it will never be lasting. When you seek me, you will find me when you seek with me for all, with all of your heart. Not only must listen, number one, we hear the word of God, we must secondly heed the word of God. Now I'm not sure what Jesus is teaching from the boat. The text doesn't tell us right out. 
But the context for which we find chapter 5 setting an entire book sits in the framework of chapter 4, in which he has just emphasized in verse 43, he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to all of the cities also, for I was sent for this purpose. Now he had just got done healing the people, delivering them, rebuking them, uh, the, the, the fever from their bodies, casting out demons and all of these things. But here he says, this is my heart. This is my purpose. If I heal you, it's a miracle with a message. And the message is the kingdom of God. It's not the miracle that really matters. It's the message that's associated with it. And Jesus says, I was sent for this purpose, to preach the kingdom of God. And so uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I just assume in the boat, if this is the purpose for which He is sent, then He must be teaching them about the kingdom of God. Preach the kingdom. That's what I believe He's talking about here in the boat. The reality, though, it really doesn't matter what's being taught. What matters is that we hear what God's Word has to say, and more specifically, that we heed what His Word says. That we obey what His Word says. That we follow through with what His Word says. And that's why in James chapter 1, verse 22, it says, don't be merely hearers of the Word, but rather be doers of the Word. It's one thing to be a student and only hear and never obey. What good is that? So when he's done speaking, he says to Simon in verse 4, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now I want you to notice a few things here. as I think they will relate to us today in becoming effective fishers of men, followers of Christ, is number one, know your audience. Know your audience. Listen, I, I am a fisherman. I have fished my entire life. If I can't catch a fish, there probably ain't one there. But let me tell you this. When I was in Panama and we went fishing, we went tuna fishing. But notice that when I went tuna fishing, I didn't use a bait that I would catch brim with. I used a bait that would catch tuna. We need to understand what we and who we are fishing for. We need to understand the who we are pursuing after. We need to try to grasp our audience and know that many times we can't just go in with an attack. Sometimes we have to change it up and we have to be smart and wise about our approach with the truth of God's Word. And how we do it matters. Listen, here's the reality. No reasonable argument from the Bible or from my intellect will ever change the mind or the heart of a darkened soul. But what will change? The heart of a wicked man or wicked woman or a wicked nation or a wicked world, listen, will be the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, you can fight. You can scream. 
and you can stretch to try to accomplish whatever it is you want to accomplish. But know this, the reality is this, a wicked heart must be combated against with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because it is the gospel that is the power to save. And how do we know that? Because we hear the word of God. Salvation comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. Paul said, I deliver to you that which is of most importance, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, by which is the power to save. Many of us spend our wills and our time and our talent and our treasure on everything else outside of the Gospel, thinking it is going to change the hearts of mankind. Listen, no reasonable argument will ever change the heart of a man. It will be the gospel. It will be the working, the wooing of the Holy Spirit through the Word of God that will affect Him, that will change Him, that will transform Him, that will renew Him, that will make Him a new creation in Christ, that will justify Him and be called, declared right before God. It is the Word of God. So are we doing it? Are we being obedient are we heeding the word of god for which we have been given the second thing i'm reminded of here is that we shouldn't think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think but rather to think so as to have sound judgment why well flip over if you will to second corinthians because i think this is a great passage of scripture that reminds us of the reason we must heed the Word of God if we're going to be effective in reaching people with the hope of Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting in verse 4. He started, I'll start in verse 3. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In whose case the God of this world has blinded their minds, have blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they may not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. The reason your intellectual uh, desires and your, your stamina for trying to create some reasonable arguments or defend is not effective is because they are blinded by the God of this world, which is Satan. They can't see. They can't act right. They can't be what you want them to be apart from the penetration of the gospel among their hearts. But sometimes we think we know more than what God knows. And we think in our abilities and our sufficiencies that we can accomplish that which the Scripture says will never happen apart from what God says. So in all of the giftings that God has blessed me with, whatever they may be, I have to understand, I have to have them in the proper perspectives. That it isn't my gift. It isn't my ability to speak. It isn't my ability to communicate. It isn't my ability to go in and do the work as a servant. It is the work and wooing of Almighty God through the Spirit of God to change the hearts of people. We need to be obedient to the Word of God. Peter is a fisherman. 
Jesus is a carpenter. But notice here, what can a carpenter teach a fisherman about fishing? Now, I'm not a charter captain, but I have a few people in my family who are. And you know, the story goes is that when you take somebody on a charter, they always think they know more than you. But they're paying you to do what they want to do. Rather than trusting the charter captain to take care of your desires, and that is to catch fish. And here the carpenter's in the boat for which he does not own, for which he does not run, for which he does not manner, manage. And he is now instructing the fisherman to do what the fisherman knows isn't going to work because he's done, done it all night and it ain't worked. But Jesus says, cast your nets. Love Peter's response. He has a legitimate argument. Master, we've, we've toiled all night and have taken nothing. I mean, doesn't Jesus know that fishing in the Sea of Galilee takes place at night? Not during the day. And not only that, they don't even have the right nets for where they're trying to fish. I mean, Peter just got done cleaning his nets. See, if you ain't never cleaned nets, you don't know the tedious work of pulling out. Now, they didn't catch anything, so there's a little bit of easiness in cleaning a net for which you call nothing. But cleaning nets were tedious work. I don't want to waste my time, Lord, throwing out a net, getting it all dirty again. He's not really buying it. I mean, can you relate to that? Now, you may not be a fisherman, you never, may have never cast a net in your life. But when the Lord calls your heart to do something that makes absolutely no sense, can't you relate to that? You ever been in a pinch financially? And God says, in your, not literally, but through the Spirit of God working, Presses upon your heart to give money to somebody else. Well, hold on, Lord. Are you kidding me? I got bills to pay. Would you obey, walk by faith, or would you justify? I fished all night. How about when the Lord calls you to forgive someone who certainly doesn't deserve it? Lord, I can't forgive them. I, I need them to get what they deserve, which is the pure flaming wrath and justice of God. Just don't do it to me, for which I deserve as well. But we ain't talking about that right now. We're talking about them. Sometimes God calls us to do things. How about when God calls you to share your faith in an awkward place, like the grocery store? In line. When you know nothing's going to happen, but by faith, but by faith you respond. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, 
And lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways. Acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your path. Listen, I get it. Walking by faith is hard work. It is tough to trust God in the face of the impossible. But I promise you, God is able. If we will hear His Word, and if we will obey His Word, He will accomplish that which will glorify His name. And He'll do it in a way that makes no sense to us. What is it that you have failed to respond to God in which He has instructed you to do? Are we leading our families well? Are we men loving our wives as Christ calls us to love our wives? Wives, are you submitting to your husbands as God calls you to out of obedience? Those who are not married, are you trusting God that in His right timing He will bring in that person, man or woman, to win your heart over and grant you a life of joyful marriage? the spouse? Or are you getting impatient? The Lord speaks to us through His Word. And He convicts our hearts through the Spirit of God. And He calls us to many things. And we have to ask ourselves, what is it He's placing on our heart today to obey? Let down your nets. What is it that God's calling you to do? He doesn't want you to leave here with information today. He wants you to leave here transformed by the renewing of your mind. He doesn't want you to just receive a bunch of data. He wants you to be changed from the inside out so that He can effectively use you as a tool for His glory. Love Peter's heart here when he responds to that which makes no sense to him out of obedience and heeding the Word of God which he has heard. But at your Word, I will let down my nets. Because you are... I will respond in obedience to faith, trusting that you have it covered. Now, does, does he know this man to the fullest extent? No, but he knows something's up because there is crowds of people pressing in and they are, he's teaching. People are listening. He obeys him. And the text says, when Peter responded in faith, when they had done what Christ had commanded, the text says, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. Listen, when we obey what God has called us to do in relation to evangelism and missions and things as such, or whatever it is He's placed on your heart, watch out. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Maybe some of you here have the net. You have the boat. You've heard the instructions. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Stop being scared to let down your nets. 
cast them. Maybe God hasn't given you the gift of evangelism. And so you aren't the most effective communicator of the gospel. At least be faithful in what you know to be true. Share with the ability God has given you. Preach the word. We're simply to throw the net. We're not, we're, it's not our concern of who's in the net when it comes up. I mean, if we're going to be honest, I mean, I, I've, I've been shrimping for many years and, and there are times I go out and I can see them down there. And I throw and I throw and I throw and I, I just can't seem to get them. Listen, there's days like that. When you share the gospel, you tell people about Christ and they reject, they reject, they reject, they reject. But there are also other times, my friend, when you share the good news of Jesus Christ and God, His His Word penetrates their heart and their lives are changed and you see the fruit of conversion and there's no greater joy to see God work in the hearts of mankind. He's provided a magnificent catch here. But know this, unless you throw your nets, unless you go fishing, unless you follow Christ, you'll never experience a good catch. <laughs> I've always been reminded in long days when tournament fishing is happening and you're throwing and you've been throwing for six hours non-stop and nothing's biting. I used to turn around and tell my partner, you ain't going to catch anything if your pole's not in the water the same thing. If you're not sharing the gospel, no one will be saved. Now here's the deal. God's going to save who He's going to save. So you can participate in what He has accomplished already before the foundations of the world and enjoy to be a part of the harvest for which God has provided or you can miss out. They signaled to the partners, it says, in the other boats to come and help. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. The Greek word here means they caught a lot of fish. When we do things God's way, listen, He blesses us. My pastor friend in Canada, Montreal, says when the blessings go up, or when the praises go up, the blessings come down. And I'm reminded that when you obey Christ, the blessings will come. They may not come in what we perceive as successful, but if the angels rejoice over one sinner who repents, who am I to think that's not important? We've been blessed to see people come to Christ often and praise God for the work He's doing. So be faithful. There is no greater joy than leading someone to the Savior, whom He died and paid for on Calvary. That's an exciting moment in life. They've probably never seen this many fish. It's certainly a miracle. Not only are they fishing in the daylight, but they have encompassed a large quantity of fish. And the result all takes place because of Peter's heeding the Word of God. 
But I only don't want you to only understand the fact that we need to hear the Word, we need to heed the Word, but thirdly, we must honor the Word of God. Doesn't matter how many people are in your church. Doesn't matter how many likes we get when we preach on social media. Doesn't matter how many people show up to a church event. We are here on this earth for one purpose, and that purpose is the purpose of Christ, and that is to preach the kingdom of God. Are you preaching the kingdom of God? Are you winning souls for Christ? Are you fishing? Are you casting your nets? Because listen to me, Jesus died for the sins of the world, and He wishes that none would perish, but that all would come to everlasting life. And it's a result of His mercy and His grace. And when all of the glory was revealed of Christ unto Peter, the text says, He fell down and worshipped Him. He fell down at the knees of Jesus. Peter honored Christ. He honored Christ. It's a picture of total submission to the Lord. As he falls on his knees, Peter was saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. That which he thought may be the case has now become a reality. Why? Because there is a miracle with a message. And the message is I am Messiah because I have control of not only the healing the blind, reducing the fever, delivering the demons out, but I also have control over the fish in the sea. And when he obeyed Christ, he realized he indeed was Lord. Peter knew he was standing in the presence of God. And if we could all just simply fall at the knees of Jesus and say, all hail the power of Jesus' name, we too, maybe, will experience God's mercy. He and all, it says, with him were astonished at the catch, fish, they had taken him. So also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. His obedience to the Word impacted everyone in His world. And listen, when you are obedient, you will not only be faithful to hearing and heeding and honoring, but your obedience to honoring the Word of God will affect everybody around you. And it all came about by honoring the Word of God. How about us? Are we hearing? Are we heeding? Are we honoring? When we find ourselves on our knees humbled and dependent in honor of the Lord, we too can experience God's goodness. Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, Peter. Get up. From now on, you will be catching men. I mean, this guy just experienced the greatest catch ever, and now he's about to leave the business? Sometimes God blesses us, but not in the areas we think. And when they had brought their boats to the land, they left everything and followed Him. Listen, Jesus wants you to be a fisher of men. Jesus wants to be you to be a faithful follower of Christ. And my encouragement to you today is go, cast your nets for His glory. Let's pray. This has been Getting in the Word with Pastor Stuart Guthrie. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. 
And be sure to visit us online at familybiblefellowship.org. And come see us in person on Sundays at 11 a.m.